Yeah, I, so my boss comes in, I, and before we even really talk about anything else, I just go, you know, Yukon Cornelius had a gun. <laughs> and they all look at me, they're like, you know, from Rudolph. I'm like, he had a gun the whole time. And a whip. You just, you just said this just out of the blue? Yeah, yeah. Well, I said it on you're, purpose. You're lucky one of them doesn't wasn't like, oh, my God, Bill's got a gun. And then later, one of the guys brings up, he's like, well, yeah, then there's that uh, Rudolph um, shiny New Year. I'm like, yeah, and what type of mutant whale was that with a clock in its tail? Who the f*** put that there? Holy shit, that had to have hurt. And I'm like, and that's another wonderful tale of, of making fun of people with, you know, disabilities the kids got big giant ears and everybody laughs their ass off at them no wonder the kid <laughs> ran away he was like you in your new year 2021 is the baby new year and now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast stop it Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spataro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello. Uh, well, gee, I guess I better put my phone down because 2020 has been so fun. <laughs> and that's what we're here to talk about. Yay. Happy. Be New Year! Should as I melt into all a, acquaintance be forgot? <laughs> as and I then, you, melt and then a, you look at the, at the calendar and it's April. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yikes again! <laughs> Zoinks! In a way! Yes, it's that time of year. It's our semi-annual annual... Wait, what? It's our <laughs> annual... <laughs> Ain't a what? It's, it's our New Year show. <laughs> And what year are we going to do today in comics, guys? Well, we talked about doing 1980. We talked about bah. doing 1981. Bah. But okay. then... Every time you say something, I'm just going to say bah until you get to the, the, the perfect year. But then we decided this has been such a shit year. <laughs> <Just> show. <laughs> that we would just do this year. 2020, baby! Woohoo! Back to the bins, bringing the shit. Bringing the, sh- <sighs> the sizzle to the shit. <laughs> well, I thought it would be fun to, uh, to you know, because it gets dumped on so much. I thought I kind of played with the idea of picking a year from the 90s and then maybe trying to defend it. No, that, that, then I came out with the much 2020. Works. I was like, 2020, man, because there's going to be a couple months with no books. Right. Well, well then when you said 2020, I was like, actually, that that actually works. <laughs> now, I sent you guys a link from Mike's Amazing World where we should start. And since Mike is probably not 
caught up completely. We're going to start with the actually this time around. Usually we go with the uh, the published date, but we're going to go with the, the cover date. date. Yeah, because there's nothing past there's nothing past January 2020 when you do the on sale uh, date. So we got to go with the cover date. See, this Maybe. is going to be interesting because I don't. I don't collect, I don't buy, I don't read usually new books anymore, or at least I don't think anything that Mike carries on, you know, covers on his site. So this is going to be, this will be odd. If anything, it's going to be like, well, I might recognize some reprints, but it'll still be, I think it's still, well, wait, I do see something I want to talk about. Nope, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> with the exception of of the books that you know by chance we've read, which there'll be a handful of that, it's mm-hmm. going to be oh that looks interesting and you know what was that about right right or or spoilers it's going to be oh look there's blah 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 variant all right real a, quick before we start B, this C D do, E are either of you guys on a time limit no. But we should probably – well, don't worry. Some of these months will not be long at all. Well, no. The only reason I ask is I, I don't want this to be a replay of whatever oh, no, 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 was no, that no. we did like no, 45 no, no. parts no, on it, but then no, we no. still never finished it. That was, that, no, well, that we, could, annoying to the we could actually do a timer anyway, to, what, 10 minutes no. per month? We've no. done 10-minute timers in the past, but I, but I don't even what, know if we need to do that for this cause, yeah, because there will be so little goes. that we've actually read that we shouldn't – You know, I think I get the feeling we're going to go through the months rather quickly. Well, before we get fully into this, is there any other things we want to talk about? Uh, we're going to save our discussion for a uh, DC series. Uh, you've been watching Stargirl. I've seen Stargirl, and Paul still needs to watch it. So we're going to have – that'll be a future discussion, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would just say okay. that uh, you know, hopefully th- this wouldn't be too much of a spoiler, but I would just say I highly recommend it. I think you do too, Bill. Oh, yeah. I just want to throw a recommendation out to the listeners – and anybody that knows me and that, that, you know, either personally or just from listening to me all these years, you know, you know how critical I have been and, and I remain about present day DC, especially their uh, adaptations into live action media. You know, I'm really, really, really down on the pure shit that they've been producing. Really? Now, I get ask- Stargirl is awesome. And it totally hit my sweet spot. It it is a great show. If you're a classic DC Comics fan, if you're a Justice Society of America fan, it's the show for you. I mean, you really need to watch it. It's it's I, I loved it. I really did. I genuinely loved the show. So yeah, check it out. Now I gotta ask you a quick question before we get started. Uh-huh. I know I had mentioned to you or suggested uh, that you watch Swamp Thing. I'm about halfway to three quarters through um, what's been put up on the CW seed. And I find it interesting because I have no strong preconceptions from the Swamp Thing comic. So right. I, I, I'm not saying that is a prejudice and a bad thing, just that I have no, pre- it's, you know, I'm not, I, I don't have a canon in my head. I only know Swamp Thing from like Brightest Day in the more recent future, not Swamp Thing of old, only what we've read on, on the show. So I've been enjoying it. Like I, I think I told you there's characters like Madame Xanadu, there's been the Blue Devil, 
And there has also been the Phantom Stranger in Swamp Thing. Hmm. So I have you, interesting. Have you watched? So you haven't watched any of it yet. I, I have not. No. Okay. Um, I when it first came out, I think it was when it first came out. Um, I because it was originally on the DC Universe app. And spoilers, yeah. they only did one season, so I don't know if they're ever going to resolve whatever they get to at the end. That of the that's season. been another reason. I mean, I mean, a small one, but that's been another contributing factor to why I was not in no rush to go check it out. Because then, if I fall in love with it, there's not yeah. more. But then, but, but then sometimes it could be just like a comic run that somebody does, and then they never follow up on. You could look at it the right. same way. But I, I got a copy of the first episode and kind of skimmed it, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. you know, zipped through it real quick to see, you know, what were the production values? What did it look like? I and think it was very expensive production stri- values. I mean, just strictly judging a book by its cover kind of thing. It just didn't look like it really appealed to me because it didn't look like it was um, I mean, I don't need it to be a literal interpretation of the comic, but it didn't look like it was even close. I mean, like Mm. I love the Wes Craven movie, but even I will admit that the Wes Craven movie takes great liberties with the original story. But it's close enough in tone and everything. They hit the major beats that I, I, I really think it was great, even though it's not a very literal interpretation. This didn't even look like it was close. I would give it at least kind of annoyed me. But but I I mean, I'm, I'm not averse to checking it out. Uh, To be honest with you, the biggest thing, I just keep forgetting about it. But Ah. now that, um, that the HBO max, uh, service is available through the Roku. Um, if it's on if it's on HBO Max, which I think it is, then it then yeah, then I'll I'll have to go and give it a look. I just keep forgetting to do it, but but yeah, I'll uh, I'll look at that because I I've also I've noticed on HBO Max that I don't know if it's all of them, but it's a lot of them of the DC animated movies are on there like uh, like Justice League Dark and. Uh, there's one that's like the Justice League versus the Titans and, you know, all these. I, I've seen very few of those, but I've heard really good things. I started watching the one that's an adaptation of what was that Aquaman story? The There was an Aquaman story like in New 52 when uh, Jeff Johns was writing. of Atlantis? What was that? Throne of Atlantis? I, I think that's it, yeah. Or it was, was it because he was in... He was big in Flashpoint, too. Well, it crossed over with Justice League because they call it Justice League. But it was a in the comics. It was Aqua. It was an Aquaman story that crossed over into Justice League. But mm-hmm. the the actual animated movie is called Justice League. I think it's called Throne of Atlantis now that you say that. Um, but anyway, I started watching it. Didn't get very far into it, but started watching it and, and was kind of digging it. So, yeah, I mean, they're all on there. They're all in that app. So I'll, I'll probably end up checking them out at some point. So, but yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> the only other TV, TV thing that I wanted to mention, uh, I, had, I had heard a lot of bad things regarding Dan Slott. Um, and things that were said about him and how he was portrayed in um, the 616 documentary on Disney+. Plus. So I sat down and I watched a particular 
episode which discusses the Marvel method. And a lot of the things I had heard were saying, oh, this is a hit piece. It it was anywhere from one way to the other. An idiot or dance lots of big piece of crap. So I watched it myself and I didn't really I don't know if they tried to make it or if he's just poking fun at himself. But I actually felt maybe a little sorry for dance lot because to be honest with you i saw a little of myself in him in because basically he gets distracted and i get distracted too and i got great ideas and i have very poor follow-through and i think that is maybe part of dance because they showed him working on the deadline for the first issue of iron man 2020 which i did collect but in all honesty, I stopped buying it because I refused to pay full price for it, and I'll find it later. It's the same reason I stopped buying the Fantastic Four, because I didn't really like the way where Dan Slott was t- taking them when he, when he took over. And I was like, you know, I'm just not going to pay full price for this anymore. I'm going to find it a year or so now in a bin. It's not – it's just not right. – not, not, I'm not going to waste my money on it. So that is not – saying i didn't i i enjoyed it but it was I either got too predictable or i just wasn't digging it there was i was just like no no i'm done i'm done that being said um he you know it kind of comes through to where they had to get another guy you know he's trying to write the script he's trying to you know plot things out the artists are waiting for the stuff. Then they got to send it to Christos Cage so he can do the dialogue because Dan doesn't have time to do the dialogue because he's getting behind. And it's like it was like a big in-office joke because what he had Tom was a Brevoort, you know, and he's just like straight to his face, just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you suck. You're a procrastinator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to get somebody to help you to get this moving along because we have a deadline, you know, um, but all so it was kind of like a, I guess a balance that he was kind of distracted a lot and he does need a lot of help. And then you think, well, why are you guys still using him? If it's this much of, you know, it's like maybe he's past his prime as a, as a comic book writer and maybe shouldn't be on this. I don't know. It was, I'll let you watch and judge for yourself, but uh, it, it wasn't the full one way or the other. That, oh, he sucks and he's horrible and he should be thrown out, you know, or, oh, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I didn't think it was too bad. And they did discuss in general how the Marvel method worked and that Dan's kind of a holdover and they don't really it's not really the true Marvel method like it used to be. At least that's what I got out of it. I don't I know you guys haven't seen it yet. I'll wait for your critique at a later date. So I'd be curious to check it out now because uh, I've heard of that 616 series, but I checked it out like when it first hit and there were only a couple of episodes and none of them appealed to me. It was like there was one. Yeah, the first one's like Japanese like, Spider-Man. Yeah. I just, it's, really? it's that's I think like with? 10 or 12. And this one was like maybe number seven or eight down the line. And I, right. I just watched that one. That was the only one I watched. I'm not saying I won't go back and watch other ones, but I probably won't watch them all. I could but, be uh, wrong, but I've gotten the impression that Dan Slott makes a little too much of an effort to engage the negativity from the fans. 
when people give him negative reviews, it seems like he tries to debate with them. Uh, I, like I said, I may be Try wrong to win about them this. over or just straight up block them. No, I don't. I I don't know about block, but I think he mm-hmm. he I think he argues with them uh, as opposed to entering a meaningful dialogue. Now, I I don't mean to compare what we do on this show to what they do in their industry. They're professionals. Where where we have a hobby. But when we get criticism of our shows, the tact I usually try to take is, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it, and then I move on. Or I try to say, that's a good point, I'd like to try and work on improving that. But I think the mistake is, well, if you didn't like it, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) You know, I think that's a bad attitude to have, and I think that just turns people off. And there's been other writers, I'm not going to say whom, or other artists that have been like, well, if you don't like what I put out, don't buy my book. Well, that's a real smart thing to say. We'd be better just not to say anything. How how, how a company, and I'm not saying Dan Slott has said this, I have no idea, but I know this person that I'm talking about has said it, because I've seen the person say it. If you don't like my book, don't buy it. Okay, You know, you know what, I can even won't. understand that to some extent, saying if it's not your cup of tea... That's fine. I respect that, and you don't okay. need to buy the book. Okay, the matter in which you say it, and yes. the more it, I yeah, say this, all, the more yeah. you're going to probably figure out who I'm talking about because this person was, don't buy it. it was right. almost the exact tone this person took. So, yeah, gee, it's, it's it's all about the tone and the intention of of how you're saying it. Because yeah, I've, I've seen it. Both you can ways. have a I've difference of it, opinion and not, uh, a, right. a difference of opinion and not be a condescending asshole. Right. Yeah, I, I I have seen it where yeah I, I think you and I have both seen the uh, what is a critical drinker episode <laughs> talks about uh, you know the what was it the I you know I don't even know the politically correct term where where it had fat Wonder Woman on the cover and then there was the whole discussion yeah. about it and he was talking about you know how the the writer had gone on some tear on social media, like, you know, basically cussing out anybody that didn't. And I'm like, you know, how is that productive? You know, I, I could be completely wrong. You know, I'm not even going to venture. I was going to say I could be completely wrong about, uh, about Dan Slott, but I'm not even going to venture an opinion. Cause here's the thing. The thing with Dan Slott to me is, is amusing only in the sense of it reminds me of like the whole thing where people debate, like, image and valiant and that whole thing it's like i was aware it was happening but completely detached from it and that's kind of the same way i am with the thing with with dan slot i'm i'm aware that there's this huge controversy i'm completely ignorant and detached of it and the reason is is that he became this big controversial thing with the fans in the post one more day, brand brand new day world of Spider-Man. Something he did or said well, or because wrote he, he, or, he or killed, whatever. Because he killed Spider-Man. Uh, and well, Doc Ock became Spider-Man. Right. And I think but I found that run to be thing. entertaining. But see, yeah, but when, I, it, but when it first happened, man, people were losing their shit and tearing up the issues of, uh, you know, what was Amazing Spider-Man 700? Right. And, oh, my God, I'll never but read see, it. You, you've ruined Spider-Man. And that's mentioned in, that's mentioned in the mini in the documentary. That's brought up. 
But see, for me, I I was officially done with Spider-Man at the end of One More Day when when they dissolved the marriage. And, you know, not that I was any great proponent of the I marriage. I think he did One More Day, did he? No, no. He, no that what was I'm Trusinski. saying, though, is that I was officially oh, right. done with Spider-Man at that point. And I said, until this either gets reversed or at the very least, like some sort of apology for the fan to the fans that this ever happened, I- I'm done with spite with comic book Spider-Man at that point. To to me, Spider-Man ended with the last issue of One More Day. I, I was done at that point. So I literally don't give a flying f- what happens in Spider-Man beyond that point. So this whole kerfluffle with with slot is completely lost on me because i i totally uninvested and i find it kind of amusing because prior to that i i wouldn't go so far as saying i was a fan of the guy i mean i'd never sought him out but anything i ever read from him i generally really dug I, if i'm not mistaken i think he's the one that wrote that thing mini series or maybe it was intended to be a series but it only ran like seven or eight issues yeah i that think he did write that and, and i was entertained by his a, uh, superior spider-man run i was entertained by the superior spider-man run and, and that thing series that you mentioned yeah that was fun too uh i lost my feeling for reading his stuff when he was doing the Silver Surfer and the Fantastic Four, and people were actually raving about it, and I was like, yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. He did, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's the one that wrote, there was a miniseries, I want to say it was five issues, I think, it was called Spider-Man Human Torch, and it looked at the history of their friendship in time jumps so it was like every issue was basically like a different era of spider-man and so you had like one that was clearly supposed to be aping like a 70s vibe and then there was another one that was clearly like a like a late 80s vibe because spider-man was in his black outfit and so it was like looking at the friendship you know the 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 burgeoning friendship of Spider-Man and Human Torch, where they went from like rivals in the early days where they really didn't like each other and they didn't get along to where by the end of it, they were pretty chummy, you know, and they were meeting regularly at the Statue of Liberty by the end of it. And so it's like looking at their their growing relationship over the decades, you know, through these different time jump issues. And that I thought that was really good. So, I mean, I'm not. Defend, I have no idea what he did to piss the fandom off. It doesn't seem like it takes a hell of a lot these days anyway, but whatever it, it, w- it was, I missed it and I don't care. So I'm not, I don't want to get involved in it is what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that for me, generally, whenever I, I've checked the guy's stuff out, I really liked him. I mean, what that says about that, just I'm speaking to his work now, him personally, I have no idea. He could be a great guy. He could be a complete dick. I have not a clue, and I honestly, I, I don't care. I'm judging him strictly on what I've read, and what I've read, I generally liked. So, I only okay. say that just because I don't want to get caught up in in whatever the big stink is. Well, I, and if, uh, and if anybody has a stink with why I said I I stopped buying Iron Man 2020, is I just didn't. Maybe it's because of the current state of the Marvel Universe is that there's no more coherency 
or it's just like things were happening in the Iron Man book that just you don't see anywhere else in the in the Avengers book. Like nothing is connected anymore. I've seen you know, ever since you said that, I've been seeing that comment and being made on online more and more often these days. And again, while I personally have no horse in the race, I, I have to say, though, that does make me sad. Now that now that Stan is gone, it makes me sad in the in the aspect of. I think that may have been his greatest legacy of the Marvel Universe was creating a universe. Well, that... it's like the only time they try to bring anything even resembling a connected universe is for the semi-annual or annual flipping um, event, which the events are all stupid and freaking made up. I don't even care anymore. I don't even uh, it's again, they're all o- overpriced and ridiculous. Like the, the, what was it? The war with the war of the realms was like, one of the last ones that I looked at and there's there people had to like shoehorn in issues in the middle of their their stuff because their stuff is not, you know, they're doing their own thing. And now they're forced to write stuff into this event. And then the event is just for the sake of an event. And it's it's that's just bullshit anymore. I don't care. All right. Yeah. I do. I do wonder, you know, why Marvel in particular, why, why did they get away from. That, you know, just that wonderful shared universe thing that they that they used to do. I mean, they were still doing it. You want my opinion? What's that? It's too much flipping work. And and a lot of people in today's society, I know I'm going to here I am. Wait, let me stand on my podium and wrap my hands around it. Because you freaking young people today, you can't concentrate on something for more than five minutes. And you can't follow a cohesive universe, you bunch of morons. Back in my day, you had to have a cohesive universe. Back in my day, you had to have footnotes to keep track of who was what and what comic book. And, and we liked it. That, it's funny you mentioned footnotes because that, to me, is that's what I tra- trace it to. And I could be dead wrong, but in, in my mind, that's at least a, a contributing factor. But I think that might be the contributing factor is when it became... We that was how we learned about other books and we exactly. wanted to go out and find them and we wanted to read them to see how everything connected and was it, it, uh, uh, now it's but like some, I, I can read Iron Man point, and that's all I need to read because it doesn't really affect anything else. It's its own little, sh- you know, shoebox. At some point, it just became uncool to have either footnotes or um narration boxes and and i blame this and and i wish i could point to something to go this is what started it this is where it began and i don't know exactly where it started and what began the trend but when comics start especially marvel comics when they started to get treated as cinema you know when you started to get books where they they would be a big hit and then there would be a special issue that would basically a reprint that was like the director's cut and they were treating comics as if they were movies. I think that's where it started because that's where they completely moved away from having any references, any, any footnotes. And 
I started to become disenchanted and, and disenfranchised with comics because here I am, a lifelong comic collector who feels completely dialed in and, and really like I had my finger on the pulse of a universe and even I'm lost. And I'm thinking if if I'm lost as dialed in as I am and I and I have no if I can't get this reference, if I don't know what the reference is to. Then how does a brand new reader feel? When they're not given anything, they're not given any uh, footnote, nothing, well, you know, and to play and devil's advocate. And I don't necessarily agree with this point, but I think that's the reason that they started to do away with it, because the history is so rich and there's so much material out there that it's it's too daunting for somebody new to come in and just understand it all. So rather okay. than and, and they're dealing with an audience that's not willing to do the work to learn it all. So, OK, but you don't have to make it beholden to everything that happened in the past. Keep it just linked to things going on in the current universe. You know, right. like right. again, I, I, I'm not saying I agree with no, no, the, no. the I'm, logic. I'm, I'm just kind of countering I'm your just, point a little bit. I'm just um, telling you, I think that's how they look at it. I guess I, 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 I think even, it's a worthwhile thing. I see thing. what you're saying. Okay, you watched. Okay, funny you say that because they talk about the Iron Man 2020 event happening, and one of the things they go back and Dan Slott actually says because he calls out the artist because when he got the art back, he's like, no, 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 you got to have gears on his armor because in all the past iterations of Arno Stark. He's got those big gear shoulder pads. So they like, I mean, I guess in a good thing, Dan was adhering to the past and make forcing the artist to, he's like, you got to conform to this because this is how this character has always been portrayed. So, but all right, this is my last soapbox thing. So I watch, I got my kids to watch Die Hard for the first time because I told them it's a Christmas movie, which it is, but that's beside the point. So, while we're watching the movie, like a lot of the times Ben's on his computer playing a game, he's on his phone, Sarah's watching something else while we're watching a movie. And I'll admit, I'm I'm doing it a little bit too, but I've seen a movie lots of times. Okay, so I, I know where the slow parts are. So, you know, I'm like checking out something. But they're like nonstop through the whole movie just on their phone. And I was kind of like, you know, I, I'm – you know what? Maybe it's something that their generation could do with more with multitasking than we can do. But sometimes they just like to enjoy something and enjoy it and not be doing so many different things because I either because society has done that to me to make me feel I have to be doing more than one thing at one time. Or there's so many points of input for you to get things from. And if you're not on Reddit and on Twitter and on this and doing that and watching YouTube and watching a movie and listening to music that you feel you're going to miss something. Maybe that's, again, that's maybe that's the old man in me. But Jesus, I'm only, what am I, 51? I'm not that old. But anyway. Pretty darn old. Oh, look, Methuselah. I don't want to hear it. Lazarus. No, I, I see what you were saying, Paul, about the references, but 
what I'm saying is I, I think that there's a difference between, you know, they, they drop a reference to something and it, you know, I mean, comics at this point, Marvel and DC have, have histories that go back, you know, decades and decades and decades. I think there's a big difference between dropping a reference to let's, let's say you're it's, it's green lantern, you know, for example, you're reading green lantern and they drop a reference to a storyline from the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams run, you know, but they don't, they don't give you a, a, a footnote to tell you where the reference is. Right. I think there's a difference between that and a, a, a huge difference in something what I'm talking about is like I'm reading something and I wish I could give you a specific example, but this oh, just happened to me not a week ago. I'm reading some new book from Marvel, right? And they make a reference. Like say it's like I'm reading, I don't know, like Avengers or, or some big crossover. Like the Corvac saga, when all that stuff is going on, Spider-Man's spider sense is going off, other people noticing that weird stuff was happening during the Corvac saga back in the Avengers. It was happening just like one or two panels in the background of the book. These people never came in and took part in the story, but they were there. That's what you're talking about, right? No, it's like (laughs) I I was reading reading (laughs) something. What the hell are you talking about, Bill? (laughs) I'm trying to explain it is I'm reading some Marvel book. Right. And like it makes a reference to. All right. I'll give you a better example. Uh, Spider-Man 2099. So I'm I'm reading. I was trying to get into the revival of Spider-Man 2099 when he suddenly got his series again. And it made some reference to the fact that Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, had something to do with why Miguel was now stuck in the the 21st century. You know, why, why Spider-Man 2099 was living and operating in modern day, but they gave you no footnotes whatsoever. They, they told you about stuff and they, they hinted at things and they gave references, but there was no footnote to tell you for more information or to find this story or to, to, Pick up all the issues. Go here. And that is so frustrating to me. And and it doesn't make me want to seek it out on the Internet. It doesn't make me want to Google it. It makes me want to throw down the book in disgust and go, if you can't be bothered to tell me, I don't want to read this. And that's exactly what I did. As, as interested as I was in the material, it just frustrated me to the point that I just said, I don't need to read this. If you can't even be bothered to tell me where I can find the other parts of this story. That's what I'm talking about. And they do it all the time. And it it has become incredibly frustrating. I mean, sometimes I have done the homework to find out, okay, what is this person talking about? And in some instances, I have found out that they're not referencing a story from 40 years ago. They're not referencing a story from four years ago. They're not referencing a story from four months ago. They're talking about something that's going on concurrently right now that I could probably go out and buy the issue off the stands, so to speak, or, you know, at the comic shop right now. Why in the hell would you not put a footnote of that fact? If, if you're in the business to make money, which last I checked, they were, why in the hell would you not 
put a footnote in there that might drive more business because that book is available right now to be purchased. Why would they not do that? And I, I, I'm mystified by that. I cannot understand that. I can understand we're referencing a story that is now a back issue that is not going to put any more money in your pocket. You know, it's not going to benefit you at all. I can understand not referencing that, but something that's actually out right now, why would you not want to reference that? And and they don't. They is it have possible that it's dropped. because things are available in different formats and by putting where it is, you're, you're limiting that and you're, I, I mean, I don't know about that, but just a thought that comes to mind. I, you know, I, I, I just don't get it. Is it because everything is pre-orders now? Everything is, I mean, it, maybe it really doesn't benefit the companies anymore, but even if it doesn't financially benefit them, it seems like, well, pre-orders or not, if you're reading something current day and it's another one that's just come out the past, well, as long as we still have comic shops, that's a whole nother discussion for a different yeah. day Yeah. that, you know, you could go back to the, the, the store or whatever and go, oh, hey, I'm looking for this because I saw that this was just out. You know, do you have this? Why wouldn't you? Well, why wouldn't you try to get drive your sales up higher? I don't, you know, to me, it's it's. It, yes, it's sales is a huge part of it. It's it's sales, and again, you know, there's a question now of you know, does it actually benefit them or not? I don't know. I mean, potentially it could because then if you get hooked on that other book, that while they might miss the sale of that one issue, if that one issue is enough to hook you on this other character and suddenly you want it, then you're going to pre-order that book. So yes, there is the monetary thing, but I look at it more simply as just a matter of customer service, man. You're selling me a product that I have purchased. It, it, to me, it's like buying a, you know, it's a, I just bought this new appliance and you didn't bother to throw the instruction manual in. I have no idea how this thing operates. You know, or there's all these cool That's attachments. That's kind of what it's like when you get a comment. Yeah. There's all these cool exactly. attachments I could have with it, but you didn't bother to tell me about them. Yeah. That could have made you know, me use it better or understand yeah. the story better. Yeah, exactly. You know, it has other other features that, you know, I can't figure out how they work because there's there's nothing to tell me how how to do it. That's exactly what it is. And it's it's incredibly rude for one thing, but it's frustrating mm -hmm. as a reader. And it's I, to me, it's doubly frustrating as someone who, again, is a lifelong reader and fan and, you know, has, has been dialed into this stuff to suddenly feel like you don't know what's going on. I mean, that's incredibly just frustrating and disenfranchising to, you know, fans like us. We and don't like to feel like we, we don't know what the hell issues. is going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it definitely is. It really is. That's I don't good. know. You know, we, we've, we've made no bones about it, though, that we're not particularly fans of the current books. So... I guess you got to take no. our, our opinions in that regard with, a, with you know, with, with our opinions with, with regard to current books with a grain of salt, because it's just not our, you know, it's not our thing, really. That doesn't mean we don't have a love for the industry and the characters and don't wish that it would be more to our liking. But, yeah. you know, the reality is we're not current on this stuff. But why don't we take a look at what so did come out in 2020? Yeah, I was going to say, so speaking of current... <laughs> And see, see, nice uh, segue, Paul. I have us. I have it opened up to uh, cover date. It's Mike's Amazing World, and then if you go to 
what is it, newsstand. Newsstand. And then do cover dated January 2020, sort alphabetical, okay. click and then filter. Show, show and all show all all publishers. Right. So looking at this, this there were quite a few issues that came out in January. Of course, that is pre-COVID. Uh, yeah, and, and this, there's, there's this, a lot this of stuff. On sale date would have been no, this uh, was November 27th. Uh, it was towards the end of November when a lot of this, or in the month of November when this stuff came out. The thing that jumps out at me about this is just scanning the page quickly. There's a lot of stuff on here that's uh, reprinting old things. <laughs> Imagine that. Yes. Yeah. Absolute, absolute DC, the new frontier is the first thing. Absolute swamp thing by Alan Moore is the second thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you keep moving along and there's, you know. Aliens Rescue, trade paperback. Um, you know, you skim down through. There's a lot of. Uh, OK, well, first off, the thing you see is there's. And again, did comics has comics not learned its lesson with. With variant covers and multiple covers, I just still, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And especially shops that have to go broke trying to buy, well, I got to get that one in 200 variant means I got to buy 200 comics, and then I'll have all this cannon fodder to throw out for free comic book day. And we have five five covers for Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man 33. Three Three covers covers for 34. Yeah. Yeah. So they're putting two issues of Amazing Spider-Man out in a month at four bucks a pop with, like, multiple um, – and then I go in the shop, and sometimes it'll be, like, a price of $15, $20 on for a variant cover. And I was like, you're – you're in – okay, I'm probably going to insult somebody. I, you know what? It, let me put it this way. If you can afford the variant and want to pay the extra money for the one different piece of paper on the front of the book that's different, have fun. You could go download or make that thing your – you could get that same cover online somewhere and just make it your your background or a nice screensaver. I mean to pay $20 more, and I've seen it. Well – I. I Oh, I, yeah, I have to. Here's here's the thing, though, is that, again... I, I understand is, the shop has to get me. its money back somehow, but whatever. You know this what, if people me, will buy again, it... One, Go ahead. It's one of those big differences between us as, as the old guard and the, the new people coming up today, you know, that, that have just gotten into comics or just getting into comics... Because I see this online all the time. Now, I operate in in a world where everybody is educated and and they fully realize and understand that CGC, the Comics Grading Service or whatever the hell it's called, is a complete scam. It's a complete waste of your money. But let me take this from you, seal it up, and you'll never touch it again. And now, you know, you. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, I, I see this in, in every comic group that I'm in these days. And I see it all the time. These young kids out there pissing away thousands, literally thousands of dollars on completely worthless comics, most of which are these brand spanking new books with the variant covers that, I mean, you know, 20 they, years they from get now, they're graded, not they get it sealed at 9.6. Oh, 
oh boy, I'm gonna yeah. have I've got my college all set. Really? Yeah. Talk to all the people that did it with all the with different books for when Superman died. All right. I, I'm mystified by this phenomenon. I, I'm with you. I thought that's died a, a long time ago, but it's it's alive and well, and it's it's shocking how much money there is in it. Um, but none of them retain none of them retain their value. So I, I don't I don't get it. You know, it's just another one of those contributing factors. But I wanted to ask you guys, are, are you ever shocked by the stuff that gets reprinted? Because I'm looking here at, uh, of course, this is this is more than just, you know, a facsimile or, or a quick reprint. This is actually a hardcover edition. So maybe maybe it's kind of nice. But I'm looking here at Batman, the 1989 movie adaptation deluxe edition hardcover. And I'm amazed by this only because I consider that like a dollar book. I mean, does that book have any value? Really? Oh, because I see that thing in the bins all the time. I've got like two or three though. Didn't I give you one of those? I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> and that thing's going for $20 hardcover. Well, well you know, and I, I guess. guess a nice hardcover edition, $20 isn't bad, but it's not that good of, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't I, yeah. like, well, it's maybe, been a long time since I read it. something to do with uh, the popularity of the movies now in comparison Could to be. comics. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I do, I see a lot of, re, I mean, there's a ton of reprints. There's so much more reprints here than I thought. But I'm and always struck before, when I see something reprinted. Took, uh, took took hold, too. Right. So this, this was like the current state pre-COVID and a lot and it's like multiple variants it's a it's a ton of batman books coming out from dc um there was uh two avengers books that month as well now i do collect the avengers and they've been reintroducing the star brand is what's been going on there but again like issue 27 had four variants issue 26 had two variants and i guess archie has made a big freaking comeback too or still maybe he never left but there's a lot of Archie, and even the Archie, Archie comic has like as a variant. Archie continues to plug away because Archie's available at newsstand. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you see Archie at the checkout lanes at Publix, and that's where yeah. Archie lives. That's where Archie makes his money. For and those of you smart. in other parts of the store uh, of the of of the world, that would that would be the equivalent of Piggly Wiggly and Kroger. No. <laughs> we don't have any of those up here, by the way. Well, well, the one that got me most excited when I was flipping, because I honestly didn't think I'd have a lot to talk about, but then uh, I spotted here. Now, granted, it's a facsimile edition, which is a reprint. and oh, I, the dollar I, comics? I, I, I hate fact, the facsimile editions just because they, they they muddy up eBay searches so badly. But uh, oh, yeah. there's a facsimile edition here uh, for Green Lantern number 85. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw my post about it. Uh, it's probably about a month ago now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. literally been yeah. searching for that book my entire collecting life and finally scored a copy of it and uh, was really, really happy to finally own that book because uh, I don't know if I ever told you guys a story about <clears throat> one of, if not the first collection I ever bought. I'm pretty sure it was the first collection I ever bought as a kid. Um my mother, I think, had seen it. Somebody somebody close to me had seen it advertised in the newspaper that somebody was selling a collection of comics. So I, I went to their house to check it out. And it was two boys that were a little bit older than I was. And they were selling off this big collection of comics. 
So I bought it, drug it home in a trash bag, got home. And granted, a lot of it was coverless, but there were some really, really nice books in there that I may not have ever owned otherwise. And one of the books in there was uh, Green Lantern number 86, which is the next issue uh, mm. in this storyline. But the co- I mean, because it was coverless, the splash page of 86 is essentially this cover from 85, which is, you know, my ward is a junkie. It's the story where, you know, Green Arrow discovers that his ward, Speedy, is doing heroin. And while I'm not particularly enamored of the the oh I've never been a big Green Lantern or Green Arrow fan and I'm not particularly enamored of uh, Denny O'Neill's run on there like a lot of other people are that is a great issue 86 is a great great issue and I always wanted to own both 85 and 86 you know with covers and and in really nice shape. And I finally got 86 uh, a few months ago. I, I finally replaced my old, battered, well-loved, well-read uh, coverless copy of it with a nice copy, you know, with the cover and everything uh, a few months ago. But then when I got that, it just fueled my my passion that much more to finally own 85. And I've been hunting it and hunting it and hunting it. And I finally scored that sucker for, a you know, relatively cheap. I won't say what I paid for it because it was still a lot of money, but uh, but it was nowhere near what it actually commands. So I'm really happy to finally have that uh, that book in my collection. I don't know if you guys have ever read those two issues, but I would love to cover those two on on the show someday. Uh, sure. Green Lantern 85 and 86. Have you ever read them? Yeah. No, Absolutely. I have not. Really good. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those. I mean. Like I say, you know me, I, I'm, I really don't care much for Green Lantern and I, I'm actually quite the Green Arrow detractor. So for <laughs> me to say those are great issues and we should cover them, uh, hopefully that speaks volumes. But, yeah, they, they, it, is, it is really good stuff. And it doesn't hurt that it's, uh, it's Neil Adams like at the top of his game. His, his art in those is just beautiful. And I've always, despite not really liking Green Arrow, I've always liked Roy Har- uh, Roy Harper Speedy. Um, I've always thought he was a really cool character. So yeah, those, those are good. That's a good story uh, story arc between those two issues. We'll have to we'll bump that up in the in the rotation for next year. Sure. Something for the listeners to look forward to. Yep. Or to avoid. Um, so there's some <laughs> other hardcover uh, deluxe editions: Books of Magic, 30th Anniversary, Booster Gold, The Big Fall, hardcover. That's probably, you know, a reprint from recent stuff. Uh, Archie Cosmo, the Mighty Martian. I don't know. I don't think I'm familiar with that. No, I don't know. But there's like there's one issue and four variants. Uh, The Art of Jim Lee, Volume One, hardcover. Uh, DC Holiday Nightmares. Oh, we should have used read that for uh, for this year. Well, see, here's here's an example of what I was talking about before. Dollar Dollar Comics reprints line. Oh yeah, there's one of them is Lex Luthor number one. Is that? I mean, why? Is that a hot book? Uh, For that matter, is Infinite Crisis number one? That's a reprint from Lex Luthor Man of Steel 2005. 
Right. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm mystified by by some of the things that they choose to reprint, because to me now, again, this is probably just a sign of age and, and when we grew up collecting. But to me, you reprinted a book because it was impossible to find. It was you couldn't afford it. You know, that sort of thing. So, like, I don't know. You know, I, I, I've always been mystified when they reprint something that. Uh, to me, you could easily go out and find and, and maybe even not only easily find it, but it's not even expensive. You know what I mean? And like Lex Luthor, number one, does that I mean, maybe I'm just out of touch, but does that command anything? Because that's I honestly don't know. Sucked. So, um, we got another uh, Doom Patrol, the Bronze Age on the bus. There's see, there's a lot of reprints um, event Leviathan. I don't know anything about Leviathan in the comics. Other than they had something called Leviathan on the Supergirl TV show, and I don't know, and forgive me, DC comic fans, I just I'm not up on that on that as much. I'm way behind in my DC reading, especially the Justice League and such. Um, so I don't know if that ties into the Leviathan, which seemed to be like a alien race that had been on the Earth for a long time, manipulating things in the background. So I don't know if that's what Leviathan is or something else. Maybe someone could write in and tell us. Uh, and then we have uh, Fantastic Four, which um, is was written by Dan Slott. I think I was, I was no longer, I don't think, no, I was still collecting because it was the point of origin storyline, which I didn't really care for. And once it was done, I that's when I bowed out. It was basically the whole reason why the Fantastic where it was where the Fantastic Four was originally going to go when they left the Earth on their mission. And I was into it, but then when they got to where they were going and the way things went, I don't want to spoil it for people. I was just like, Yeah, okay, all right, I'm I'm done. I'm out. I'm not paying uh I'm not paying three ninety nine for this. Sorry. I guess there's another – this is a Green Lantern book called Far Sector. I'm not familiar with this. It looks like a Green Lantern because it's a character with, uh, with uh, you know, a green power ring on her. I'm not sure who it is. You guys familiar with that? Which one are you on? I lost it. Far Sector after the Fantastic Four. Uh, nah, the art looks I have no idea. interesting. Uh, who's the cover artist? Sean C. Martinborough. Not familiar with, with them. So, so we have Flash, something called Farmhand. Oh, there was one earlier back, or maybe have we not got to it yet? I don't think we've got to it yet. Oh, no. No, we haven't. Okay. I'll save till we get to that. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> You're all over the place. Well, I'm trying to go alphabetical. So there's like Flash 82 has one issue and a variant. 83 has one issue and a variant. Flash Forward, which I'm not sure what Flash Forward is. Is that the story Wally West after um, – what was the latest storyline? You guys read that? Where, um, oh, where the – the superheroes were all going to some place. This was like a year or two ago in DC, where the superheroes were going someplace, basically for if they had post-traumatic stress, and it was supposed to be a secret place for both, I guess, heroes and villains. And then there was a big mystery as to who killed everybody that was there. 
I'll shut up in case I'm spoiling. Dude, other, it, so. other than reprints. No, no, I mean, you're fine. I'm just, you, you got, I got nothing. Because other than reprints, I, I've not read any of this stuff. And I got to <sighs> be honest, there's there's really, I'm not I'm not seeing anything here that, that grabs yeah. me. I've I mean, heard a lot of only... good things about Immortal Hulk, but I haven't, actually, I was sent some as a gift, which I appreciate, but I haven't had a chance to sit down and read those. So that I have some interest in. Uh, but otherwise, I'm kind of in agreement with you, Scott. What, a, what about Ice Cream Man 17 <laughs> with the con, <laughs> con confection comics? The only and thing on like here that I comics. I mean, there, there's I'll be honest. I mean, there's a lot of stuff just, you know, judging a book by its cover. There's a lot of covers that that look interesting. It's like, oh, that could be cool. But it's nothing I'm going to seek out. The, the sole book on this entire page, and there's a lot of books here, the sole book on this page that's, that's actively on my want list right now is uh, Superman the Silver Age Sundays, because I, I, I would really like to continue reading the, the uh, newspaper stuff that I've been reading for Superman, because most of it's pretty good. Those are really pricey. I wish they would do like, a, like an essential style reprinting of those. Because the way they're reprinting them right now, they're really pricey. So, but yeah, I mean, this other stuff, I just, I, I have no, I have no familiarity really with well, any of it. We got a, we got another hardcover omnibus, New Teen Titans, which is the Perez, uh, no, it's yeah. Romeo Tangal and Marv Wolfman. So it was probably after that Perez, cover. Right? Looks like a Paris yeah, cover. That, yeah, that cover Ooh, right cover there price one hundred dollars from around <sighs> the time of eighty eight hundred pages though. Yeah, that cover right there is a take on number. I think it's like number fifteen or sixteen of the uh, the Baxter paper run, which was a crisis. Mm. That was a crisis issue, Crisis on Infinite Earths. We've got a little image, Oblivion song, which I don't know anything about, and Outcast, which I think I've heard no no saga is the one i've heard a lot about haven't read uh, riverdale season three trade per, trade paperback <laughs> sorry <laughs> i have not watched the riverdale show i have not i i don't know anything about it i know some people say it's the shiznit but i could care less we watched the first episode of that and that's about as far as we got we we you know after watching one episode, we kind of felt like it was a show that was aimed at a younger crowd than us. Mm. Star Wars, issue 74, four different covers. Issue 75, four different covers. No, five different covers. And then I think sometime after this, they stopped. I think it was in the 70s. They stopped the volume one basically when right before they got to Hoth and I think they started over. So it's now Marvel star Wars. I don't know if at this point it would be volume three, but they started the count over, which I'm sure we'll see that in this year before we get to the end of the if, year. If you happen to see star Wars, Dr. <clears throat> Afra number 39, that variant cover of Rose Tico for like a buck or less, pick that up for me. Cause I really do need a new dartboard. <laughs> I was wondering what you're going to say. Hey, you could probably I could even you could just go and probably find that cover and print it online. And, uh, you know, all it costs you is a little ink and a piece of paper instead of buying a whole book. But if it make you feel yeah, better to get a whole book, 
Would it be better if it you had it slabbed and, and rated? A slabbed and rated, that way the darts wouldn't penetrate it. <laughs> oh, that's that's okay. I think that Supergirl annual number two is a takeoff. I don't know if that's you guys familiar with the Batman who laughed? Oh, God. Which the bat? I, I mean, all I know is that it's supposed to be Batman from a alternate universe, from the dark multiverse, which is a new thing that DC's coming up with now. I'm not quite. Yeah. I'm not into. I don't know what's going on. Don't, don't, don't judge. Oh, because oh yeah, here we go down here. There's tales from the dark multiverse, Blackest yeah, Night, Infinite that. Universe, or in, Infinite Crisis. I'm not quite sure. I don't know what's going on with that. I guess there's a dark multiverse, not an antimatter universe. Say- there's been a recent something with the dark, dark multi something tales. Well, that's where the that's where the oh, Batman it was who Justice, laughs. It was Justice or, Society. It wasn't it Batman saw, Metal or something. I don't something know. like that. And I and I saw it was in some comic group that I'm I'm on on Facebook, and I saw somebody commented on it. Here it was a it was a Justice Society issue, right? Mm-hmm. And the comment was, I loved it. It was so sad, dark, and violent. And that's that's just about an exact quote. And I'm thinking, what, not what is me. wrong? Not only not only was my thought, what is wrong with you? Meaning the, the person that posted this. I'm thinking, what the hell is wrong with DC Comics? Because the the justice society and that that's what that's what you want to market sad dark and violent with the justice society it's like that's why dc's in the shitter today but i'm sorry i'll get off my soapbox but boy that pissed me off i'm just like you know if you want to do that dark and and twisted shit with batman i i I think it's bad enough with batman but at least well, that's where it started and now it's like a whole new trend Batman arguably fits that world, I guess, you know? No, but what I'm saying is that's where this whole dark universe thing came over, I think, with the Batman who laughs, who was basically a a version of the Batman that got infected with Joker gas by the Joker when he, he, I guess he snapped his neck or killed him or something. Right. And I believe he was infected with the gas and he basically went, you know, he became that Joker or Joker man. I don't know. But you know, you see some of these, you see some of these trends that happen, and I, you know, you and I, I know we've said this before. You, you look at some of these trends, and you just shake your head and go, "Do you not learn? Did you not learn anything from X, Y, Z?" And I look at all this dark crap from DC, and I, I always have the same thought: Did the '90s teach you nothing? Because everybody bitches about the 90s and the fact that DC had to do the dark and gritty. Actually, it wasn't even the 90s. It was the late 80s, late 80s into the 90s. Everything at DC became dark and gritty, dark and gritty. You know, it started with Batman and then, you know, they did everything from Batman to friggin shade. The changing man became dark and gritty, dark and gritty. It was everything that they published. And I'm just looking at this whole I mean, everything here from DC Dark and gritty, dark and gritty. I'm like, did you not learn? You well, know? Do you, you notice the uh, other trend of all the books that are on this page? I believe, just with a kit, quick skim, how many of these books have issue numbers over 100 
or 75 for that matter. Right. Yeah. Action Comics 1017 and I think Wonder Woman like 82. That's it out of this whole page of like at least 50 or more. Of course, a lot of them are variants. So it's hard to tell exactly how many comics are here. But that's because the other trend is, oh, well, you know, it's almost like they're treating volumes now like the way uh, a lot of shows are treating. Okay, this is, you know, Doctor Who series, whatever, you know, and then uh, then we start a new season. It actually becomes a different volume. It's almost like they're trying to do that. But I think a lot of them do it because some of the books suck and don't last more than a year. And then they relaunch them as a new number one because people are just dumbasses. Right. I, I, you know, oh, it's a number one. I got to slab it. <laughs> <laughs> but I see. I wonder, does that actually work? Because that. Yes. Uh, all right. I mean, if it if it works for them, then great. But I, to yeah, me, how I wonder many, if it actually many... does work, because to me, it sounds like they're using a model from literally decades ago, like the like the 50s and 60s, where somebody like, I don't know, like Mort Weisinger or somebody realized no, that, I think oh, my gosh, only... you know, they buy more if there's a number one on the cover, you know, so let's put out more number ones. And that's yeah. why they launched like first issue special, for example, you know, I so be, all number ones. I could be talking straight out my ass. I have no proof of this is how this works. But the fact that in a, most comic book stores and comic shows, who knows if we'll ever have any more comic cons that are worth a damn. But in the comic book stores, they usually have a partnership with a slabbing company. They have to be getting their customers to buy these and then, you know, send it off to CG whatever or Slabomatic whatever you can't tell i think that the store owners are getting a kickback from the slab companies because why else would they do it i mean yeah there's they could be selling more books but you can't tell me i mean there has to be something else in, in there the the slab companies have to be getting a kickback based on the amount of people that a store can send to them would you do you guys think that's possible I mean, I, I, I'm, maybe dude, I can research this and answer my the question. Whole, the whole slab thing is is a complete scam from start to finish anyway. So, I mean, that that could be a whole nother show. But maybe see, that goes in with some point. stores but can yeah, they pump, I, hey, this is a new number one. You might want to get an extra copy of this, and I can send it in, and we can get it slab for you. And then even if he gets 10% of the 20 bucks or whatever it costs to slab a book, that's money in the store's pocket. And he sold an extra copy of a book. Yeah, I just think as far as the slabbing goes, that these stores sell slabbed books for, you know, a ridiculous markup. Oh, and yeah. That, and that's the whole point of it as far as they're concerned. And as far as the comic companies, uh, you know, not seeing what the past has done to them, uh, I think that their attitude is 100% short-range profit. I don't think I, – I, I think they've come Moving to the Moving product, that's it. Yeah, I think they've come to the conclusion that this this industry has only got so much life left in it anyway. So let's just milk whatever we can out of it. That's sad. But I think That's it's reality. Sad. Well, I, I, I do and I don't. I, I, I mostly do agree with you. I don't think at this point it does have a lot of life left in it. But then I also look at the other side of it, which is I have been reading – shit tons of old comics lately and comics that go all the way back to the fifties and sometimes even older than that. 
And you know what? They were predicting the end of comics back then too. They mm-hmm. they were predicting there's there's a, I mean the 50s and 60s especially uh, and even the 70s were replete with letters pages saying that comics didn't have five to ten maybe 20 years at most life left in them. And we are now you know 50 years since 1970. So you know. I, I, while I agree with you that I don't think there's a lot of life left in it, the reason I don't think there's a lot of life left in it anymore is that I don't think they're trying to save it anymore. I think at least up until pretty recently, I think the big two were trying to stave it off. I think they were trying to do the best they could to keep it going despite all the adversities you know, but of, of now the industry. The, but- now, the now I have been bought by larger companies who look want to turn a profit. It wouldn't surprise me. And I know this is some, not anything new that anybody else hasn't said that they would just spin this off to another co- company to publish it. And, you know, Marvel could go to uh, just, you know, could go to image, you know, image becomes the new publisher for Marvel just because Disney doesn't want to be bothered. Or I, I mean, I same thing with uh, – because DC's been scaled back by, what, AT&T, Time Warner, whatever, that, well, which whoever the, bought them. The big, the big difference there, though, is that I can see Marvel lasting a whole lot longer. Um, and the reason for that is as long as the MCU um, continues – Yeah, but now without a strong push from movie theaters for who knows how long, I'm sorry. I just don't see Disney Plus carrying the MCU universe. I, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but it's just like it, it depends. It depends. Well, just as I mean, far as that goes, Disney Plus has clearly uh, moved a lot of its product into series instead of movies. Right. And it's almost as if they saw this coming. The uh, well, the, and the and collapse I think that of the ends, They're not. They're not releasing it all at one time. They're they're getting you on the hook right. for x amount of weeks to watch every episode. Um, if if so that you don't come in, watch it and leave. But they, had, I mean, they, they had announced this before the uh, collapse of the theaters. You know, the, the this plan to do all these different series. Uh, yeah, you know, the only thing is, pushing... the series have been delayed by COVID because the productions had to shut down for a while. Yeah, but what's the excuse with? Uh, I mean, hasn't um, Black Widow been done and in the can for a while? And they just been pushing well, that and pushing that's, that and that's pushing because that. they want to put that in a movie theater. That's, I mean, that's yeah. the reality. Yeah, but now that. that ain't going to happen. Not when it was supposed to, but I think it'll still happen. Yeah, it ain't going to make any money because there's hardly any. If I, we're getting way too off topic, starting to talk about COVID in theaters and movies, so no, I, just, I, no, I, 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 I think you raise an interesting point. I, I, I disagree with you only in the sense of I think. Well, here's the thing. I do think that that Disney is going to pay very close attention to how Wonder Woman 1984 performs for for Warner Brothers. Um, you know, both based on you know, for one, is it any good, and what do the reviews say? But well, how does it do monetarily being released the way that that Warner is choosing to release it, with basically giving up on on movies, you know, movie theaters right. just going the way they're they're going. I think Disney's going to be paying very close attention. Well, to that. they are going to what? It's going to be released on HBO Max and theaters that are going to be open. Yes, simultaneously, yes. But, now, um, but Black Widow, I mean, you're talking about something that is part of the, the tentpole 
for for Disney right now. I mean, the MCU is. I want to check myself before I say this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I, I think the MCU is there. That's their thing right now. I mean, that's their big bread and butter project right now is, is the MCU. You know, those movies have been just doing gangbusters. So I don't think they're willing yet to forego the movie theater. I, I think they're holding up. They're staving off as long as they can releasing that movie in in any way that's mm. not the theater now does that mean that they'll eventually get to the point where they may just have to go well screw it and let's put it out there because we just can't get it in the theater that i think if it does happen it's not going to be a decision that they're going to necessarily want to make it's it's a decision that they may end up having to make and that, there's a big difference there but well, uh Pretty much I had gotten to the point that the only movies that I was seeing in the theaters were the Marvel movies and uh, the Star Wars movies when they were coming out. There you go. Yeah. That was exactly. what I was watching movies. I, I honestly was not most of the DC movies, although I did see Man, Man of Steel. Um, but I don't I did not see any other DC movie in a theater just because I didn't really have a like I I could wait for those. I, I didn't want to wait for for the Marvel right. movies. But now, being such a long gap with anything coming out, it's kind of like, I don't want to say I've lost interest, but I've lost, I got out of the habit of expecting one, the continuation of, right. oh, oh, the next movie's out. Oh, well, hey, let's go see that. Because right. that's what Ben and I would do. And, you know, or, or if Sarah was in town, right. we would go watch oh, it yeah, too. Well, yeah, but now it's well. kind of like, mm, well, you know what? Um, I could just wait till this comes out and I'll buy it on DVD or, you know, why would I pay $20 extra on Disney plus just to watch this movie when I could just buy it, you know, later and own it <laughs> myself forever. And I don't have to have your, I mean, well, that's cause we're a, we're a, we're a group of people that actually want to have something and not, yeah, I pay for the right to go watch your movie whenever I want, but I don't own it. You know, I can't pull it out and put it on my thing at any time I want. You know, I'm, I'm beholden to either having an Internet provider and then I got to have a streaming service thing just to watch a movie, whereas I'd rather just own it and I don't need you. But uh, right. who knows how long that will last. But the the point I was trying to make, though, about, you know, Marvel and DC and their and their long term viability is that I see Marvel lasting much longer than than DC mm-hmm. So long as the MCU continues to be a, a major cash cow for Disney, so long as they can keep riding that train, I think Marvel Comics, the you know quote unquote printed format, because I'm not sure how much they're actually printing these days versus the digital, but you know the the comic book industry yeah. of Marvel Comics will continue for for a a good long while. So long as the MCU continues to make them money, once that starts to fade, whenever that happens and God forbid, I hope it goes on for a long, long, it has the potential, I think to go on a long, long time. And I think they've been genius in the way that they've been doing this thing, because for all the criticism that, 
you know, the, all the movies are just formula and they're just cookie cutter. That's bullshit. They're not because each one's been very different. You know, Ant-Man was a heist movie and, you know, Iron Man was what it was. And Captain America was a whole, you know what I'm saying? That Mm -hmm. each different character is kind of its own different genre within the genre. I think that's brilliant because it keeps it diverse enough to where it keeps the interest level, you know, the interest level up. So so long as they can keep that momentum and keep that moving along, I think it's only going to take them really honestly one genuine Mandalorian style hit on Disney Plus to keep it going, you know, keep that momentum going um until they figure out what they're going to do with their what were intended to be theatrical movies like Black Widow and beyond, you know, the phase, what would it be? Five, phase four or five, whatever it is now, mm. though, you know, until they figure that whole thing out. So I'm not worried about Marvel comics right now. DC, whole different ball game. Now I could be talking out, out my ass when it comes to DC, cause I'm not up on their inner workings or anything. I don't keep up with DC at all these days, but from what I've heard, and again, this is just strictly hearsay, but from what I've heard, they've basically been given a mandate from their parent company, Warner Brothers, that basically says, you got to make money. You got to make money. You've got to well, be they're... a self-sustaining unit because they're not getting, you know, with Disney, with Marvel, it's mouse dollars. The, the mouse is willing to invest in them because they know there's money in it down the right now for one thing but also down the road they're looking at marvel comics as uh basically storyboards for future movies which is brilliant that's great that's that's perfect for them dc not so much well dc's because only got movies like have sucked and 30 they've been losing or yeah they've like cut right. back their solicitations for march to like 34 books for the month right which so, I'm not sure how many Marvels putting out, but uh, but yeah, you're right because they recently had a big culling of uh, personnel to because yep. they said make money, bitches. You know, so with all apologies to people, I know that you know some of the new DC, you know the 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 modern age DC stuff. I know it has its fans, some of whom listen to our show. So I'm not trying to be an and, and denigrate, you know, if you like what they're putting out, more power to you. But the reality of the situation is that, by and large, it's considered a failure because their movies have underperformed. Um, they're extremely divisive in the fan base. And then when it comes to their comics, their comics suck. I mean, and that's I mean, again, I know they have their fans, but by and large, based on fan reaction and more importantly, based on sales, DC Comics, the comic company, is in the toilet, and they are very close to extinction. And what puts them in greater danger is that nobody's willing to step up and save them at this point. Their parent company is not going to invest any more money in them. So if they fold, they fold. And that's sad because DC Comics owns three of the most iconic comic book characters in the world. They own the number one and two most iconic comic book characters in the world with Superman and Batman. But they've done this to themselves. And, you know, here, wait, I'm going to do a quick, uh, uh, this will be AT&T talking to, uh, to DC comics. 
And DC Comics looked up at me and said, save us. And we said, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Let's finish out this month. Wonder Twins. Uh, I'm already on February. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't even still know there was a Witchblade comic out. So that, that was surprising. I'm like, oh, Witchblade 17. But yeah, if it. So that's interesting. Wonder Twins. Hmm. Yeah. What is the Wonder Twins? I don't know. It looks I it, it looks interesting. But what does it say? Zan and Jaina's darkest secret revealed. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that. Huh. And interest was lost. I, I don't want to know what two twins that can turn into any form they want. I don't want to know their darkest secret. That's something I just don't need to know. Now, this interests me only from the angle of... Are you in February? No, I, I, the last book... Young uh, Justice? Yeah. This interests me only in the angle of I'm noticing that several of these characters are have gone have retroverted so you've got well that you well you're looking at i think oh, oh that's because it's a variant cover dude well i'm looking at yeah i'm looking oh, at well, both oh, covers right. for, number, oh, you're right. for issue number 10 hmm. I and don't know. i'm noticing that both wonder girl Superboy, and impulse or whatever name he's going under now he was kid flash for a while they're all wearing retrovert costumes well you know what super Superboy was the one that caught my eye and that it only catches my eye because I'm wondering if this would actually interest my son, Logan, because he's a big fan of this character. He actually cosplay as oh, yeah. in this outfit. And he was never a fan of Superboy in just the shirt and, and blue jeans look. Right. Black well, jeans. look at the top, the top moniker of the Wonder Twins and the Young Justice say Wonder Comics. Could that yeah. be a different imprint? Like a little sub-universe in the universe? Which is what we just complained yeah. about earlier, hey, saying you have comics right. that are off in a little pocket thing. But, right. you know, I guess if you're trying to find things to, to interest people, this could possibly be something. So, all right, I'm going to jump to February to catch up. Hmm. Yeah, I, I literally don't know what the deal is with that. It, 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 it It's interesting, though. Now, February caught my eye only because I actually own a book on this page, and I think correct me if i'm wrong but i think you gave it to me and that is superman number 18 did you give me that uh let me while you're looking at that spider-man fights jabber jaws jabber jaw really variant cover b for spider-man 36 i don't think i gave you that i i don't have that Oh, okay. Well, somebody gave it to me. Um, but yeah, Superman number 18. I'm not sure who did the cover. Is that Ivan Reese? Yeah, it is. Ivan Reese and Joe Prado. Um, that's the one where Superman reveals himself to the world. I haven't read it, but uh, I love the cover. I, I just I, I kept it just because I thought it was a beautiful cover. I mean, that's that's an iconic Superman with the with the trunks. So I saved oh my it. God. Oh, oh, I get it now. Jabberjaw. OK. No, he does. I just, he, I, I, I just saw I the cover. Up, I did actually think it was Jabberjaws. It does look like him. That's funny. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man. <laughs> it's, it's not often you get to do your Spider-Man. Spider-Man as a shark. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Jabberjaw. So you've got Archie versus Predator 2. <laughs> that, you know, Which, that kind of interests me. That, that That's like, hmm. Well, then you got Archie 1955, so they're doing an Archie 
throwback comic. Right. Then you've got, like, Archie and Katie Kane and uh, Archie and Sabrina. Uh, what is it? Archie gets around, I guess. Uh, See, we I had wish, it. I, absolute... I, don't want him, I don't want him to take it as a criticism. So, Mike, if you're listening, this is not a criticism, dude. But I really wish that Dynamite comics were included on Mike's Amazing World because, see, those I do keep up with. So I'd, I'd have a little bit more to talk about if, if Dynamite was in the mix here. Archie versus Predator 2. So we've missed the whole first uh, Archie series. Right. Although well, you got to love the... Uh... That, well, that's what got me thinking about the Dynamite thing is because there was just a big crossover this year between... Betty, Veronica, Red Sonia, and Vampirella were all in the same. They had their own series for a time. They were all crossed over together, which I thought was kind of cool. You gotta love the the E variant of Archie versus Predator number four, which is John the <laughs> Predator is in the John Travolta Saturday Night Fever outfit. <laughs> yes, that is awesome. Now that's some of these some of these variant covers cover are funny. Episode. <laughs> they are they are funny, but I'm not. I mean, if it was the same price as a regular book, I would have no problem paying it. But if it, you know, places that mark it up just because it's a variant, no, I don't think so. Uh, we got Avengers. Uh, I don't know what happened to number twenty-seven, unless that's a misprint. <laughs> Avengers twenty-six, and then we got twenty. There is no twenty-seven. <laughs> Basket full of heads. You guys, I don't remember if I've seen anything about that. I definitely I think, own that. I think the woman has a bunch of heads in a basket, and they talk to her. Like I don't remember yeah, if I she's cutting them off or what. So or why? We got a whole plethora of Batman books, Batman the Outsiders, which I'll collect later once I can get them for the cheap, because I'm a cheap. But I know that doesn't help them currently in their sales now. But hey, somebody what? bought it at some, sometime. Blow up that cover to which one? Captain America 17, the variant cover, and take a look at that and tell me what you think, because I think that's actually kind of badass. Oh, wait a minute. Well, that's Captain America 2020 variant. See it? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, and he's got an energy shield, too. Yeah. Hmm. That's different. I did. That's different. Yeah. I never saw that. Hmm. Cool. Now, again, I hate facsimile editions but uh here's facsimile edition of uh crisis on infinite earths number eight death of the flash mm. that's a great issue yeah yep you got some dark Doomsday night clock in here which was like the big you know was a big event but apparently and i didn't read any of it so i can't comment on that but uh i've only read it a was very delayed in the middle yeah, well, it was coming out instead of every month, like every two months and then a little longer. I've got them all, but I haven't sat down and read them. Hey, Bill, did you read Earth 2? Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> no, I have not yet. That is one of – I'm trying to collect other things first before I try f finding that. I know it's supposed to be the Justice Society, um, but like a more modern Justice Society, like the time frame. Right. Because um, you're you're my you're my modern DC guy, so I'm always curious to to ask your opinion on on the more recent DC. Yeah, stuff. no, that that I have not seen. But uh, so wow, we just skipped right over Dark Knight Returns, The Golden Child. I say I I I, I want the Batarang. Oh, Frank Miller did that. Oh, I didn't know that. 
What the hell is the difference between a facsimile edition and a dollar comic? What is the difference? Aren't they both a dollar? I don't think the facsimiles are a dollar. No, this. Wow. Wait a minute. So they're charging $3.99 for Crisis on Infinite Earths number eight facsimile edition, which when it came out was like, what, 75 cents? Probably 75 cents. F you, DC. Well, here's my other point on that. Now, as much as I hate reprints, I really do detest reprints. I can understand dollar comics. It's a dollar, right? And and Tales of the Teen Titans Annual Number 3 is not necessarily an inexpensive book in the back issue market, okay? But this this facsimile edition of crisis number eight is four friggin' dollars. I thought all the facsimile editions were, 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 were a dollar. I didn't understand that they I, were. I don't think so. I think I, I could, wow. be, but I think they're all regular price comics. So last I checked crisis number eight is not that expensive a book. So pass on the facsimile, save that Go get the original and get the original. Yeah, exactly. You know, why Why the hell would you spend $4 on a reprint when you can own the original one for maybe, I mean, I'm thinking you could probably, if you were, if you really, you know, checked around, you could probably own the original Crisis number eight for, I'm thinking, like eight bucks. Seriously. Yeah, so why the hell spend $4 on a friggin' reprint? I yeah, because a dollar comic, like it. you said, tells it's just easier Titans. to come by. That's all I can think of. I, I mean, I guess if, you know, you live out in the middle of, you know, nowhere that doesn't, you know, there's no comic. Sh- I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. But then again, you know, I mean, this is this is the online world, you know, go to go to an online comic shop and mm. I, I don't I don't I just don't get it. I really don't. I miss I, somebody. If, if somebody out there has a clue and, <laughs> and knows, then let me know, because I just don't I don't get it. But, you know, I've talked to a number of comic uh, shops about reprints, you know, as I've been in them recently, was talking to one. I think it's that one I used to go to up there in um, in Sanford. And that guy, because he had a huge section of all the reprint books that were coming out, because Marvel has a whole line of reprint books, too, because they were doing a lot of like Star Wars, you know, like the classic Marvel Star Wars in reprints and stuff. And I asked him about it. I mean, he said that the, it was, you know, some months that was their best money was the reprints. So, I mean, they sell. So, you know. Well, people, if it's a re, I mean, if it's a reprint for a dollar, you know. Yeah. And there you go. So there's the Fantastic Four 17 is also a Iron Man 2020 variant of the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got little spiky shoulder thingies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that Tales of the Teen Titans Annual Three—that's part of the Judas contract, and that's only a dollar. Why wouldn't you make the other yeah. one a dollar? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, t- to me, they're comparable books yeah. in for various reasons in their in the storyline, right. at least in my opinion. But I don't know. Whatever. We got a big reprint of the Defenders, uh, Defenders Epic Collection, the end of all songs. It looks like it's for the end of the series. If, judging by who's on the cover, Valkyrie Beast, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Angel, and Gargoyle. That's towards the end of the run. That's when I started uh, losing interest in, in the series altogether. <laughs> I think that is the very end, because I'm pretty sure that's a re... 
tooling purpose of, of the cover, cover. Uh, I think of issue 125. Yeah. Something mm. like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Freedom Fighters number 12, but I don't know what go what's going on with that. I don't know exactly if that's what Earth that is. Anything. Uh, da, 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 da. Come on, guys. Shout out some stuff. Right, in, well, in the interest of, of moving this along, because we're only on February, I, I think we need to concentrate on what, what have we read and what haven't we read rather than going through every single title that's that's on each yeah. page. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going. I mean, I've got some of these ju- the Justice Leagues, but I've only picked them up like over uh, where we've been getting our books for a dollar because he's had some of them. So I haven't really read them because I'm trying to fill it up before I read it. So I right. might have a couple, but uh, I don't have – I don't know what's going on. Ooh, Marvel Masterworks Volume 1, uh, 284. Is that just the one book? Oh, no, no, it's no, a Masterworks. Okay. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably just the yeah. beginning of the, the burn run. Right. <clears throat> uh, Nightwing, New Year's Evil – Runaways. I watched Runaways on Hulu. I've never read the actual books, but I watched the uh, what was it? Two or three seasons. I enjoyed it. I, 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 had read, I had read the first couple of runs on the book, and it was actually pretty entertaining. Did you uh, watch the show? We watched the first season of the show, and it was not entirely different from the book. It was it was you know pretty much adapted from it, but I found it less enjoyable for some reason. It was more enjoyable to read it. <laughs> gotcha. We got, oh, Vampironica and Archie. Not Vampirella, <laughs> not Veronica, but Vampironica. Oh, I'm interested now. Oh, and there's a web of, uh, like, a Spider-Man variant. You see that one? Variant E? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. I was looking at that. Yeah. Uh, and we got some Venom, which who knows what volume that is. Now, Wonder Comics... Oh. That's Wonder Twins again in in Wonder Comics. Just trying to see if anything else had the Wonder Comics name. Uh, uh, another Young, young, young Justice. Justice. Yeah. So, oh, Man Oh, that's a deluxe hardcover. Exo Man of War. Something DC was doing. Year of the Villain. They were. Uh, that was like a moniker they threw on there. I guess they were having villains taking over certain books. Not quite sure. So, shall we jump to March? Sure. There's going to be less and less books as we go along, guys. Just just telling you. Uh, Action Comics 118. That 119. is a horrible cover Which one? on that book. The second or the just regular, all? The regular cover for Action Comics, what is it, 1018, yeah. John Romita Jr. and Klaus Jansen. That, that's... Okay, this I'm glad I found this because this is where I want to point out something that I found that I discovered by accident without realizing when I was going back and trying to buy some older Justice Leagues within the past year. All right, Action Comics 118 DC, right? Boom. Price yep. 3.99. Action Comics 118 variant price 4.99. Their cover price. They're charging you the publisher is now charging you, not the store. The publisher is charging you more for the variant cover. I had a problem with that. 
that was another reason why I was like, I am not going to buy these things new at all anymore. Once because I looked at, I'm like, oh, this is a pretty cool cover. And I looked at the price and I was like, I swear I just looked at the other one. I'm like, son of a bitch, it's a dollar cheaper. Screw you, man. Yeah, I tell you what, if I was still collecting Superman, I'd be really pissed because both of those variant covers are beautiful. But those covers should be the only covers. And these two Ramita covers, I mean, how did they ever even get approved? They are disgracefully ugly. Uh, I mean, this is sometimes I I think Ramita just gets by sometimes on his name. Uh, Yes. and, And I think. I think he's a talented artist, and I think we've seen it over the years. He was. But I think he's still talented, but I think he's fallen into some lazy uh, approaches to things where he just, you know, he just just rushes it out and and move on because he knows he's going to get, you know, his career is is kind of established already. Uh, And and I I remember reading an interview with him, and it, it wasn't presented in a negative light, but he was talking about. That, you know, with the amount of work he needs to get done and all that sometimes, you know, he, he can't afford to be a, uh, you know, a perfectionist on it, that he's got to just kind of do it quick and move on. And I think it shows. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Well, in the interest of trying to inject some positivity into this, uh, I would highly recommend uh, Adventures of Superman, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, Volume 2 hardcover. Um, any Superman by Garcia Lopez, especially this classic stuff. I mean, you cannot go wrong. There are some great, great stories. In there. And then I also see this uh, Aquaman, the Death of a Prince uh, deluxe edition hardcover. I'm tempted to pick that one up myself, even though I already have all of the issues of this. Um, that is some great Jim Aparo stuff. And uh, and David Michelini wrote a lot of those stories, too. That That's a – I mean – even if you care nothing about Aquaman, that's just damn good comics right there. That's that's some really, really good classic stuff. Yeah, I'm just looking through this, and for what it's worth, uh, you know, with the exception of reprints, I don't think there's one book that I've read. Well, I've got the Avengers book, 29 and 30, which, again, was a continuing story of uh, the star brand is stuck on a baby right now so that's kind of cool that's i, I yeah. that kind of intrigues me but or not yeah that that uh, that idea is actually kind of interesting that they're bringing back the star brand and all that well and 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 that goes back to what they when they relaunched this this uh avenger series one of the things is that they went back to like i think they called it marvel legacy and like a million years ago they had odin the phoenix the black panther the ghost rider and the star brand which was kind of like the hulk was like the avengers of like a million years ago it's kind of what they did what they were you know Hmm. was what they were coming and like the most recent issue which i have not read yet talks about the origin of the phoenix back then so she's like bonded to a type of red sonya uh what's kazar's wife's name she kind of looks like that shanna shanna yeah that's right so, so yeah, I have been keeping up with that. And look, there's a Betty and Betty and Veronica Friends Forever number eight variant. What if Betty had found the hammer of a thunder god, and you've got Betty as a uh, female Thor? I don't know if you guys do. You guys see that where, one? Where the hell is that? I'm looking for it. That's B 
B and V, friends forever. B and V. Okay, that would explain why it's not under Betty and Veronica alphabet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Oh, that's a is. take on uh, yeah. That's a take on uh, what if number was that number ten? I think? yeah. yeah. So you know, the only issue I no longer have in the original run is yeah. yeah, just I selling for too. too damn much money <laughs> right now. Yep. But a couple so of years from now, I'll pick it up for a buck again. Too, yeah. We got a bunch of uh, Batman, Batman the Outsiders, Batman Arkham, Batman Beyond. Hmm, Batman Beyond looks interesting. Uh, I'm not up to snuff up to speed on anything about what's going on. Batman by Neil Adams, Volume 3, Trade Paperback. Yeah. The only problem with that is uh, a lot of that stuff has been retouched. And I'm sorry, but modern age, modern day, Neil Adams does not hold a candle to classic Neil Adams. And I wish he would stop futzing around with his classic stuff and ruining it. So I wish he would stop inking himself and just mm. get a good inker and leave them alone. Don't yeah, you know, you know, yeah. Just, just say go and make it good. <laughs> and, There's some and birds of, move on. Birds of prey trade paperbacks. Uh, Catwoman, Crisis on Infinite Earth, Giant Number One. Now, was that like a new stories? They're told with in like kind of behind the scenes, in between other things going on, sort of. I almost picked that up, and I regret not getting because Mike has it listed here as a variant, but the one that I saw because this uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths Giant Number One variant, or as he calls it, variant, that's the one that was on sale at Walmart. Oh. I picked it up, I thumbed through it, I damn near pulled the trigger on it, but it was just too much money, and most of the issue was a reprint. And I mean, I, I have Crisis in like every reprint it's ever been produced in. So I passed on it, and now that book is super hot in the back issue market, so I wish I'd pulled the trigger on it. But there was a new story in there, but from what I could tell, it seemed like it was more to do with the the TV event than it was the actual printed event. So that was the biggest reason I passed on it. Mm. Uh, some Fantastic Four, but I'd already quit. Oh, the reprints. Uh, Far Sector has been reprinted. Probably a second printing here because it says Far Sector number one. Remember, we saw that back in January. Yeah, and it's now probably it's, a second printing if it's that yeah. soon afterwards. Which, you know, that's not bad. It, they've, I guess it had enough draw that they needed to print more. Yeah. I, I, uh, some Harley Quinns. Da-da-da. Nothing really jumping out. I'm seeing that I've got we have some um, interesting shazam variant covers that i'm seeing that i i have no idea if the stories are at all worthwhile but it's just uh you know the, sorry the, the covers I just, themselves are interesting jughead's uh, time police trade paperback <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just stumbled upon that lois uh i haven't got to the shazam stuff yet i'm i'm on my way so did they – okay, the question, the deaths of Vic Sage, did they – That's, that's got to be a reprint, isn't it? That was, that, wasn't that done like a couple of years ago? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I was wondering about that myself because he died during – it was either 52 or the other one, the countdown, one of the two of them. He died. 
and was replaced by uh, yeah, yeah by the no 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 because this says Montoya. new black black label Montoya, that's, a, yeah. that's a new thing isn't it I guess the, the I, black I labels that new DC stuff that's going on well but is it being reprinted under the black label or is it a, a new story did they revive him I, although they revive everybody eventually so but he's in the West it looks like he's a cowboy in this because if he's you look at the two Jonah covers Hicks looking yeah huh I don't know. Well, I might have to look into that. Or not. Uh, Red Hood. Am I up to Shazam? There we go. Shazam variant. Ooh, that's kind of. See now, why is that one only three ninety nine? And the regular one's three ninety nine. That one doesn't have a higher price for the variant cover. Because it's Shazam. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So moving on to April. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just a lot of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman reprint. Uh, looks like a George Perez variant, 750. Oh, Wonder Woman 750. Hmm. Yeah, there's whole. It's like, oh my god. Uh, there's the regular one and then A through J variants. <laughs> ah, whatever. Here you go in April. There's an Amethyst number one. Did you Woo-hoo! see that? That's right up Bill's alley. Keep my collection going. And, go and there's also down. a variant that you'll need to pick up. And you know what? That's under Wonder Comics. That's under the Wonder Comics brand. So I wonder if that is like an offshoot um, yeah. subgenre. Maybe it's meant for like the, the teen or tween audience or something like hey. that. Hey! No, I mean, just based on what titles we've seen under that. All right, here's another one. Okay, again, complete mystery with the reprints here. They've got the the Blackhawk series, the prestige format series that Howard Chaikin did. Those are dollar books. I just, I don't, I mean, really, is is there a reprint demand for this? It's a hardcover. It's 50 friggin' dollars. Maybe maybe they're just trying to take advantage of the lazy people who are just you know we're gonna buy it's it based gotta, on the cover. It's got it. Yeah, the lazy and the ignorant or something. Because I I'm, I swear to God I I mean you sure that's not a western? <laughs> I yeah, that'd be a good a good western. But I'm serious. I, you, I have I those you, and I bet um, you, I I bet you I would struggle to to come sell. Come on, let me finish my bit. And get. I'd shoot you, but I'm too damn lazy and you're too damn stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'd shoot you, but you're too dumb to run, and I'm too tired to lift my gun. <laughs> the lazy and the ignorant. He'd <laughs> be like, ah, yeah. Okay, so I'm looking yeah. at the dollar dollar comics reprints here, and and these these are a mixed bag of I don't understand too, because you've got okay, you've got. Batman 386, that's an expensive book. That one I can understand getting a reprint because that's the first Black Mask. That's a very pricey book. Batman 567 with, um, what's her name, Kane there, the uh, the newer, the, the mute Batgirl. No, it was, the, it was the mute Batgirl. I can't remember what her name was. Cassandra, I think, Cassandra Kane. Uh, I don't know. That's a pricey book. Flash number one, eh, kind of mid-range. Batman Shadow of the Bat. That book is not worth the paper it's printed on. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was a bunch of crap. That was when they were taking advantage of the, uh, you know, the the, the what you call it, night, whatever it was when they broke his back, 
and they were mm-hmm. just putting out all sorts of crap. Right. And Amethyst, number one. I mean, that's... I mean, I don't know Bill? if that's necessarily still a dollar book, but that's not... Where? It doesn't have much value to it. So, Is I don't know. Some of these cost? I just... Yeah. 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 Doom Patrol oh, by yeah, John yeah, yeah. Byrne, hardcover. Now, I remember that series was panned critically when it came it, out. It bombed, yeah. Ooh, $75. Are you serious? 672 pages. Wow. Well, good yeah, for him I, if he's getting the money for it. Yeah, no kidding, right? So real quick, I just wanted to back up. So the Avengers, that uh, Avengers 31 that shows... That's basically Tony Stark got his armor gets somehow he goes back to back to the DC one million time. Uh, not DC one million. Sorry. Back to the Avengers like in one million BC or whatever. And he's basically living in a cave trying to survive. And he I guess he's building it I, from remember, scraps. Scraps. Yes. If I remember correctly, <laughs> he's tempted by Mephisto. Then in the future, he learns that either his bloodline, his family line has been corrupted by Mephisto or something. And I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, that's what I remember from that, because I'm I'm, that's about where I think I've I've I tapered off on reading because I've just been picking them up. And I think covid started because this would have been cover dated April. No, we're not quite into the covid yet. So. Uh, let me catch back up to you guys. Uh, so deceased had been going on and they had different. Now we discussed that a little bit when we covered out one book for Halloween or whatever, but I'm still not fully up on, up on what the deceased DC universe is other than it's like, that was the infection through the cell phones or through technology, which is amazingly just like that Stephen King story. <laughs> <laughs> not that anybody was paying attention. So, where are you guys at? Oh, Justice League. Yeah, see, I think I've, had, I've got right. one of these uh, I picked up on the cheap. Uh, I'm at the bottom of the page because I didn't see I got nowhere else. else to go. Yep, I didn't see anything else that grabbed me. Superman smashes a clan. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Twins, Wonder Comics, and uh, there's another Young Justice. What is that on the cover? What that actually that? looks interesting. Ooh, a warlord like, reborn. Uh, Warlords, yeah. That's what it says. It says a warlord reborn. Huh. Yeah, the variant cover is by Mike Grell, and it has warlord on it. That's kind of cool. Oh, I didn't see the variant. Oh, that's because it was all the way at the bottom. Hmm. I'll probably check that out at some point because it's got Hex's, whatever she's supposed to be, like granddaughter, great-granddaughter, whatever, um, is is part of the team in that so at some point i'll probably check that out all right so we're into may which is starting to get a little thinner not too much but uh trying to see anything that jumps out avengers uh what are those covers all right you look at oh so there's like there's some other weird plot lines that's right i forgot about these going on in the avengers so dracula is like so Blade joined the Avengers, and he's been uh, Dracula has been given like a given Chernobyl in Russia. Basically, say go go live here and leave the rest of the world alone, and Russia let him have it. And at the same time, Agent Coulson, don't ask me, I don't know, I don't know, 
Agent Coulson has created the Squadron Supreme is like now protecting the United States. Almost like it's a takeoff of the boys. So I don't know what's quite going on with that. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I watch the boys. It's it's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's you know, good unto itself. It's good in its thing. Not when it becomes morphing into the Squadron Supreme. I don't. I don't need. Well, they've they've already bastardized the Squadron Supreme with the whole Straczynski run from mm. however long ago. That oh was, yeah, like fifteen years ago. Yeah, which uh, they did that before they did the boys. Yeah. So really, the boys is a rip off of that. Oh, sorry, I dropped an f bomb. I know. R one for show. <laughs> Scott's already I, dropped a few of them. I think we've had a few already. <laughs> There'll be some bleeping. Dollar Comics, JLA, JLA. Don't you be bleeping me. Don't go bleeping my words. They really went all out on the Dollar Comics this month. DC. Swamp Thing, Robin Number One, Justice League One, Justice League America One, Justice League One, Justice League Year One. All of these books I have, except for the Robin and the Swamp Thing. So, oh, they did Batman 428, Death of the Family, as well. I have that in the original trade that it came out in, with where mm-hmm. it still had the like newspaper print pages in it. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh. What is from Beyond the Unknown? Giant. It looks like a uh, one cover. Oh, look at the variant. It's got Superman and uh, Adam Strange. One of these are reprint stories. Probably from Beyond the Unknown uh, back in the 70s, I want to say. I had a whole bunch of those. They were reprints of old, like, Strange Adventure tales with, like... um, I think that had Adam Strange and they they were, you know, just those like anthology sci-fi stories that DC did. Mm. But they, it was it was all reprints. What? Hold on. Did I just misread that? So Immortal Hulk 32. What is that character? Zemu, the big furry white guy that looks like the, mm-hmm. the, the orange guy. Zemnu the Titan. Zemnu the Titan. He found, so, he found some time in the uh, Defenders. Yep. So why? Oh, maybe he's got the cool the little helmet. Yeah, he does. yeah, that's right. Where? On top of his head. He's got yeah, a little he gold he's helmet. Got like the, the... Yeah. But yeah, why he is was, he was in skull, Marvel feature number three, and then Defenders yeah. number ten? No, not ten. Uh, oh, that's what's going on. The page count is higher. 11, so thirty is an early. It was an early issue. Yeah, from, it was an early issue. From issue 32 to 33, the price goes up $2 because the page count went up another 20 pages of Immortal Hulk. That's why I, was, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Like, why is this so expensive? That Immortal Hulk number 33 variant H, <laughs> is that a takeoff of an old Rampaging Hulk cover? Because uh, I swear I've seen that piece of artwork before somewhere. It's, it's probably a takeoff of something, but I don't think it's Rampaging Hulk. It looks really familiar to me. Gee, I wonder what that variation I is supposed to be. Mm. Oh. <laughs> hint, 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 everyone. Uh, it's Hulk 181, everyone. 
Here you go. If you're really looking for some great comics, here you go. Mr. Miracle by uh, Steve Englehart and Steve Gerber, hardcover. That uh, That's some good stuff. It's, um, oh, God, what's his name? Marshall Rogers on the art. Marshall Rogers, and I want to say Terry Austin, I think. Mm, that's a nice combo. So, so, so far, it seems like we were really looking at a lot of the reprints and the occasional thing that catches our eye. And the only thing, I mean, I mean, granted, we are not buying a lot of these newer books. Nope. But, uh, but when we get to cover date June, COVID has hit. Mm, which I think is next, the next month coming up. Yeah. Is that our uh, next month? Yeah. Yeah, let's just jump to that because I don't really see. I see a Young oh, Justice. Oh, yeah. Uh, here yeah, we go. We hit go. the page in. Booyah! Holy crap. <laughs> There's 30 books, and that is including, uh, you know, variant covers on. Uh, there's a variant cover to Amazing Spider Man. There's two variant covers to Avengers 33. Uh, variant cover to Batman and the Outsiders. Variant cover to Daphne Byrne. I don't even know what the heck that is. <laughs> Variant on uh, Hawkman. It's an independent. Variant on oh, no, Joker Harley. I mean, there's, there's variant covers. Of these 30 books, probably 10 of them are variant covers. There's about 20 books that came out this month. Which is All right, so this, so this Avengers 33 with um, Moon Knight. So the Fist of Kenoshu, did I say that right? Anyway. Just run with it. Kanshu. Yeah, whatever. It's like a show. <laughs> so the Fist tells moon knight so <laughs> he goes eh, see i had a discussion with this with the guy in the co- in the comic book store because i guess i'd missed a month or so and he's like oh this is awesome man moon knight is going around and he's taking all the avengers weapons and i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. what do you mean he's taking all the avengers weapons oh yeah he takes thor's hammer from him i'm like what yeah, that ain't happening well well because he was given a power from his god so basically, uh, the fist is telling Moon Knight to uh, see. This is where this is this is this is why I get angry. Okay, you can cue the Hulk out music. Burm, 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 this is burm, why burm. I have trust issues. Because, uh, all right. Basically, Moon Knight and the fist of Kanishu, Kanishiwush, Kanishiwa, Kanju, Kanshu. God bless you, Scott. Uh, takes over he takes over the entire world and it's as far as I know it's not referenced in any other book I mean he's got there's I, I sorry I almost dropped an F-bomb Paul but I edited myself <laughs> there's giant f- blanken floating pyramids and buildings that have been completely reconstructed into like obelisks and Egyptian style but stuff. But everybody was staying indoors by that point. Nobody noticed. <laughs> and his uh, uh, Kanashu, Kanish, his whole plan is he's going to kill every multiverse version of Mephisto. And it goes through, you know, poof, it's another Mephisto. It's a Western Mephisto. Kill him. It's a medieval Mephisto. Kill him. It's Jerry Lewis Mephisto. Kill him. <laughs> no, I don't think there was a Jerry Lewis, but there's like a pile of Mephistos. Mephisto on a pogo stick. Exactly. And I was like, the whole, oh, 
I that's it that I don't know. I just don't get it. I'm I'm like at this point I'm only collecting the Avengers and the Savage Avengers and Iron Man just out of habit. I mean I was able to break the Fantastic Four habit and I'm getting close to breaking the Iron Man habit if it doesn't pick up and you know go somewhere with that. It's Kit Mephisto. Kit Mephisto. <laughs> Mephisto with a North Star. So all right, that's all I got to say about. <laughs> Avengers, and that's much. Uh, well, that's really all we had this month. Oh, the Savage Dragon still being printed. Oh my God, number two forty nine. Two, two forty nine. That makes me so sad. I, God, I was such a huge fan of this book before uh, its uh, writer author revealed himself to be just a complete douche. I, I, I love that title, and it, it just, it just hurts my feelings to see it still plugging away and the. I had a, I had damn near a complete collection from one to whenever I finally bailed on it, but it was it was a high number. And uh, for and brevity, really dug it. later you have to tell me because I don't really really remember what Eric Larson did or said. So, but we don't need to get into it now. No, no, it's best that we don't. <laughs> wow, we have even less books in July. We have in July, one, two, we have if you don't three, count variants, we have nine books. And you know we we have uh, Batman Detective and, Comics Greetings from Gotham hardcover that's a reprint book Green Arrow Year One Deluxe Edition hardcover that's a reprint book New Teen Titans Volume Eleven Trade Paperback reprint book Manifest Destiny Volume Seven Trade Paperback New Archie's Trade Paperback so really we have oh then we have Transmetropolitan Trade Green. Paperback. So we have Oblivion Song, Death or Glory, and Cosmo the Mighty Martian. Yeah, that's not much of a month, if you ask me. Well, and that was when things hit the fan. And then everybody changed publishers, and Diamond was like, ah, we're not sending anything out. And yeah, well, not that month, but because this would be the on-sale date of May, yeah, so yeah, this is when things kicked up kicked up a notch. So we move on to August, and we have uh, a bunch of Archies. Less books than we did the month before. Got a bunch of Archies. You got DC Poster Portfolio. Sex Criminals number 30. I, I don't even know what that's about, and I don't want to. I and we have don't remember if I read one or two of Vampironica. Which is also an Archie book. Yep. So, yeah, so that's it for August. Now we're moving. <laughs> September? September picked up a little oh, we bit picked here. Up we have Amazing Spider-Man. Marvel, I guess, started printing again. Have Amazing Spider-Man and 90 uh, variants on it. What is that? A variant X04? Huh? What? X03? X04? I don't understand. I don't either. I'm confused. My God, how many variants? That's well, it's, there's two issues of Spider-Man, 44 and 45, but there's a lot of variants. Yeah. Well, that's we have over some Archie books. We have Fantastic Four number 21 with variants, and that's it. So Marvel came out with two. Oh, and that was Spider-Man and an issue of Fantastic Four. And that was an Empire tie-in, which was the other failed flipping thing with the Kree and the Skrulls and 
the characters uh, from what is it, Hulkling from way back, like years ago, from the new, from the Young Avengers. Yeah, so I think that was like where they were coming in as uh, uh, he's returning to com- to like lead to both empires. I don't know. I didn't read it. I didn't care. I just couldn't get interested, and I wasn't going to spend my money. So, uh, so in, in October we have a, an issue of Spider-Man, some Archies, Fantastic Four number twenty-two, and a uh, hardcover Star Wars Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith volume two. That's some good stuff. Not a lot. Not a lot of action. Nah, this was this was the dark times. Moving to November. There's not much to discuss. Wait, wait, wait. After the Empire, E M P Y R E. That is. Well, Fantastic Four is still printing Empire come November. Okay. All right. Ah, this is where. Remember, I think I mentioned to you. I don't know if it was. Remember, remember, I, I, I mentioned something that was boiling my blood off screen. I don't know if we talked about it in a show to where they had all these books like in a certain month and maybe it'll be in the next month or maybe not. There was a while that they had variants that I'm jumping ahead. No, I guess not. There were certain books that just had these these covers and i'm like what is this book i don't know what book this is i had to i had to take it out and flip it around to like oh that's what this book is never mind mm-hmm. i don't want to buy it yeah. well these variants are just poster images with it's weird well, the white background. poster images with white background and no words on them at all and no then identification. there's penciled versions of them the same covers uh, or virtually the same covers just penciled with white background and or just purely black and white in pencils with no words on them so how are you supposed to know what issue it is? I agree with you. It's it's just not effective. Yeah. So that was all that came out, and this was this was <coughs> September's uh, stand. You know what was on the stand in se- September, because when we get to December, in December all we have is the Fantastic Four, and they're really variants of the ones they had last month. At least some of them, because it was Fantastic Four 24 was uh, last month in November. In December, we've got another variant of 24. Then we've got 25. That That's all it is. Now, there may have been other books coming out. Well, they but, haven't made their way to Mike's Amazing World, though. Yeah. Nor have they made their way into our consciousness. <laughs> <clears throat> the uh, That Defenders... Uh, Avengers series, the miniseries that we covered. That must have been 2019. I guess it was, because I had thought that was this year, but I guess I guess maybe it wasn't. Yeah, and doing a search of on sale in November 2020, there's nothing on the listing, but I know there's been some books out, but they just haven't made it to Mike's thing. No yeah. no slam on Mike, just, just making a statement. Just, no, thank you, know. you, Mike, for keeping up this work <laughs> at all. Yeah. So, and now we received yeah, some I of. Thought, I thought Mike was done. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm impressed that he's uh, he's continued to update all this. I well, hopefully we'll never have for to. Whatever he does. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll never have to go back to a year that's current anyway. 
Yeah, next, next New Year's next, I, I prefer to do do a more nostalgic year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with not as much us complaining, I guess. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> we had some yeah, discussion. It's not my fault that stuff sucks. <laughs> so, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we've gone on long enough, and we'll we'll let you off the hook now. So, Happy New Year, you guys, my buddies. Happy New Year to Bye. you. Happy New Year to you. Let's hope for a better 2021 for all of us. Absolutely. Okay. I don't have COVID no more. Hey, we just realized that Tarot came out in 2020, so we just wanted to make sure we plugged that, the Avengers Defenders series we covered. Uh, so there might have been other things that came out that we just weren't aware of. So, But, yeah, we just fi- fi- figured out that we missed that. So there you go. Happy New Year. Bye. See you. Out. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Been reading anything fun and exciting? Nope. Nope. <laughs>